You're listening to Chaos to Clarity by Mats Renström. In this episode, you will learn more about Toyota's 4P model and how they package the 14 management principles that is lean. So in lean, we talk about 14 management principles. These 14 is developed by Toyota. Toyota then had a model, they call it a 4P model, which they took these 14 management principles and they tucked them into these different groups. The four groups, the four P's are philosophy, processes, people and problem solving. Philosophy, we start there. The first management principle is for philosophy. And the first one says that you should base your management decisions on a long-term philosophy, even at the expense of short-term financial goals. And this, it's easy to understand why this is a philosophy, because you have to think long-term. It's so tempting to have these quick fixes, the quick runs, to chase the next shiny object. But instead, you need to think about the long term, the sustainable development of your organization, your company, your business, and to have that as a philosophy, even if it's at the expense of short-term financial goals. And that takes a leader to say to people who say, oh, we need to do this and this and this and that because of maybe then some financial problems coming up and say, wait a minute, we have this and this is the long term and I think that this is sustainable and so on. And yes, we will in the short term have some financial issues, but in the long term, this is better for our organization. So that's philosophy. One management principle into the philosophy, the first P, philosophy. Then we have the second P, and that is processes. And here we find seven of these 14 management principles. And I like processes. And this tells me that, yes, to have your processes in order is very vital for your organization. And that is what Lean tells us as well. And here I find a lot of organizations that I talk to, or maybe not a lot, but some of them at least, I talk to them and they say that we talk about processes and how we work with their process and we design them and, and so on. And suddenly someone from somewhere pops up and say that, oh, we, we're, we're not working with these processes anymore. We're working with lean. And I say, wait a minute, lean is processes. Processes is within lean. And if you understand lean, then you will understand the importance of having your processes in order. The second management principle talks about that we should create continuous process flow to bring problems to the surface. We should have our processes transparent enough, which means that we could see what is going wrong in the process. What issues do we have? process flow needs to be mapped out, designed, 
described so that we understand what is going wrong somewhere within this process. If there's an issue, we need to know about it. This is hard to know in a hierarchy. In the hierarchy organization, in the, in the line organization with the silos, we have a hard time to find out what is the problem? What's the real problem when we're looking into our, an, an issue that is happening? We don't really know. And people are covering up things. But not in Lean, because here we work with transparent processes that makes us look for the issue, the real problem, if things happen. There's another one, another principle that I will uh, talk more about this problem finding. But we go over to number three. Number three, and we're still within processes, we will stay there until number eight. So number three says that we should use pull in our processes to avoid overproduction. Pull is when our clients, our customers, pull information out of the process or pull whatever it is that we do. Their requirements, their needs is what's going to tell us when we need to do whatever it is that we do in our process. So for example, if we talk about uh, taking care, elderly care, we need then to be taking care of the older person in the right time when they want to be helped. I see from different places, different articles that I read about elderly care, where we plan our production within quotient mark of helping out these elderly people out of how we have our resources, which means that some older person might be forced to be to go to bed at seven o'clock in the evening just because we have staff then on site because at eight o'clock they're somewhere else so we have actually too few resources and none of us would like to go to be forced to go to bed at seven o'clock in the evening just because they have a poor planning of their resources. So therefore we need to make sure that we deliver according to what our customers want. Then number four is that we should level out the workload. And that's a challenge. If everyone in an elderly home is like to go to bed between nine in the evening and 11 in the evening, we have heavy workload at that that time and then it might be lower at seven o'clock or six o'clock in the evening so here we have a challenge but we need then to design our processes so we can manage both the pull being there when the customers want us to be there and to level out the workload by having resources enough so we can work in a better way in our processes that brings us to the fifth management principle. It states that you should build a culture of stopping processes to fix problems, to get quality right at the first time. This means that if things happen, if there's an issue, a problem within a process, 
whatever it is, if it's in the production line or if it's in the office, you should immediately say, stop. We should understand why this is happening and we should then increase our quality by fixing the problem here and now. Not just a quick fix to get it done. We should fix it in, at a root cause. We do that by finding out the root cause problem. We deep dive into the problem, we drill down and we find the root cause of it and then we fix it. And we do that by stopping the process. Because otherwise, if we don't stop the process, people will run around and continue to make the show go on, doing whatever we're doing. And that will not help us finding the right solution. We will not find we will not find the, the root cause, which means that we will not find and we will not understand why it's wrong. And then we will not find the right fix for the problem. So we continue with number six that said says that we should standardize tasks and those are the foundation for continuous improvements and employee empowerment. So standardized tasks, that is what we do when we design our processes. Because if we design the way that we want to work and then we work as we have designed, planned to do it, then we are standardized. We should also standardize different things within our process. So if we're in a manufacturing business, we standardize the material that we use. For example, we have an M8 bolt or an M4 nut. Those two can't be combined, by the way. But that's the standardize we have for different pieces. And we then have maybe only M6 bolts and nuts because it's much easier for us to put things together instead of having to think about what to put in in different places. And the same goes for administrative tasks within then a service, uh, service production. We need to standardize. We have a pre-made template. We send out maybe a mail that is pre-written so we know that we always send out the right information the right way. So standardization is important in our processes because that will then, as this says, lead to continuous improvement and we as employment, we, uh, employees will also be empowered by working with this standardizing because we are the ones who's going to be telling what how the process looks like and we are the one who's creating this standardization it's not someone from the outside that do this we are doing it and we are continuously improving ourselves and our processes we continue to number seven that states that we should use visual control so no problems are hidden. This means that we use the transparent processes that we've designed so we can follow them, we can look at them, we can measure them, we can follow them up. And if we do this, we will find 
issues within the process. We will find where we have a bottleneck, we will find where, where things go wrong, and we can then take measures in order to fix those things by having this visual control. So we have a dashboard of our processes in our business and we can then, as I said, follow the flow. We can then improve where improve is needed. Number eight, use only reliable, thoroughly tested technology that serves your people and process. Here we talk about the technology that is within our processes. As a process is not only the graphical view of in what order to do the things, that tasks, that activities that we have in our flow. A process is with the resources, with the technology, with it's everything is within the process. And here we should then use reliable and thoroughly tested technology so we don't jeopardize the quality that the process is producing. And we should serve our people as well. And here it's important that the people within the process, the team that is working within the process, are those that is going to look at and test this new technology. They are the ones who said what they need and to test that they get what they want and what they need. So it's important not to push into a process something from outside because someone outside the process has decided that this is what you're going to use. Those within the process are those who control what is used in the process. Otherwise they will lose the control over their own process and they can't take the responsibility then for the outcome. And we need people, the team, we need them to take responsibility for the quality that the process is producing. So that was number two to number eight that is included in the processes. We continue to the third P, that is people. There we have the ninth management principle. And that says that we should grow leaders who thoroughly understand the work, live philosophy and teach it to others. Here we need to understand that the leaders in our organization, they need to be a part of the culture the philosophy, and they need to be the bearer of that out to others, inside and outside the organization. Here I see a lot of organization, and, and, and this time it's actually a lot of organizations, that is not lean. They, when a new leader, a new boss, a new manager comes in to the organization, Everyone is looking to that manager and say, oh, wait a minute, what is going to happen now? How is he or she going to make this business? Should it be like we're going in the, to the right or to the left? Or should we go up or should we go down? We don't really know where the new manager will bring the business. And that's the wrong approach. According to Lean, the manager who comes in to the leader who comes into the business is going to adapt to the philosophy, to the culture that we have built. So a new manager doesn't bring new culture, new philosophy in. The culture and the philosophy is already in the business, within our processes. 
so they have to adapt. And maybe then we have leaders that has been spawned within the organization because then they have grown to become those leaders who thoroughly understand their work and who live the, the philosophy and they are the best who could teach it to others as well. On to number 10, develop exceptional people and teams who follow your company's philosophy. Here we, we're not talking about the leaders, we talk about the teams, the people within the organization, our co-workers. They should, as well as the leaders, follow the company's philosophy. They are a part of the philosophy. They live according to the culture. They are the culture. Because everyone works transparently and towards the same high quality outcome of what we do in our business. Number 11. Respect your extended network of partners and suppliers by challenging them and helping them improve. Here I see especially larger organizations that treat their partners, their suppliers, as not really good partners. They actually pushes them very, very hard to lower the price, to, to deliver more, by less resources and they push them really hard. It's one thing to challenge someone and to pushing them into submission. Here, according to Lean, we should lift them. We should challenging them so we can lift them up. So we together develop a good process that deliver high quality outcome products to our customers because only together we can manage this. We need those partners. We need those suppliers. They are a part of us. If we take them away, we will have a problem in delivering high quality value for our clients, our customers. And that's why we need to treat them as one for all, all for one, because we're in it together and we together are going to deliver a high quality value for our clients. Okay, then we leave the third P, people, and continue over to the fourth P, problem solving. And here we have three of these management principles. Number 12, go to Gemba and see for yourself to thoroughly understand the situation. This means that as soon as we should make a decision, as soon as we need to make a decision of something in the business, we need to have facts that we have as a basis for making this decision. So we understand the situation correctly. We're not doing it through rumors or beliefs that things are as it is. We go back to the source. We go out into the production, wherever it is. We go out where value is created and we look at it and we understand what's what's the problem or if it's not a problem, what's the situation? So we can make the right decision with or based on facts. Number 13, make decisions slowly by consensus, thoroughly considering all options and implement decisions rapidly. Here we need to be work together in the processes and between processes in order to find out 
what we need to do. And when we found out, find these decisions, when we made the decisions through this consensus and based on the facts that I talked about in the previous uh, principle, we thoroughly consider all the options and then we make a decision. And when we make this decision, then we implement those decisions rapidly. So when the decision is made, we push through and we implement quickly. The last of the principles, number 14. Become a learning organization through relentless reflection and continuous improvements. Here we have two parts in that, and that is, the first one is reflection. We should reflect on all the things that we do, small and large in organization. And then we should apply what we learn throughout that reflection into have improvements, and we do that continuously. In Japanese, the reflection is Hansei, and continuous improvement is Kaizen. So, we, through Hansei, go to Kaizen. And reflection could be as easy as we ask ourselves after a meeting if this was a good meeting and what could have been done better. And then if we implement this, then we leave the law according to Kaizen. It could be that we send a message, an email, and we ask if this is, was this a good email that I sent out? What could be better? It could be a presentation that I had. Was this a good presentation? What could be better? And then I find out and I improve on the presentation. So we live according to the continuous improvements. So those were then the four P and mapped out to all 14 management principles. In the next episode, I will start out with the first management principle and I will deep dive into that and only talk, talk about that. And then I will continue to the other from two then to 14. Take care. Bye bye.